Notice those of you here for the morning have had the meal, had something to eat. Yeah, had something to eat. And uh, I look around and see no signs of wounds. I see uh, people handled knives and forks, spoons, metal objects. I see no signs of fork marks on the cheeks or bruises on the noses. Manipulation is extremely hard metal objects towards something you can't see. <laughs> Stick it in there repeatedly. And I bet you all got it right perfectly. <laughs> How did you manage to get so good at that? You didn't have somebody kind of saying left hand down, no, just adjust it, slow down like you're backing a car into a into a parking place. No, straight in. How did you do that? How did you get so clever? <laughs> Notice, could you, could you see it? <laughs> How did this know where that was? Huh? And this hand thing, know where his mouth was. <laughs> of course, you know, when you have a little baby, maybe you think you have to spoon feed them, but I mean, perhaps if they use their hands, they get it right pretty quick. They wouldn't just slap the food in their eye or <laughs> in their ear. <laughs> they knew what it was, they get it right first time, you know. I can't. What is it that does that? Everyday intelligence, body intelligence, something in the hand knows exactly where the lips are. It doesn't get, you know, between the lips and the nose, not very far. Does <laughs> <laughs> he push an olive up a nostril? <laughs> it's a natural mistake. But I bet nobody gets it. Do you know what happens when you when you do that? What happens? Your lips. In your awareness, your lips get really big. Yeah. Rest of your body disappears. <laughs> lips get really big. Hand gets really big. These two big signalling start signalling towards the other, and then dingo. <laughs> yeah. You close your eyes. You do it slowly. You'll probably notice it. Incrementally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sense of the lips gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your awareness. The sense of the hand gets more and more attuned in your awareness. These two vibrant modalities start to <coughs> know each other and come together. There you go. And you put the food in your mouth, I'm sure, and you probably chewed it. Do you notice what else is in your mouth? This big fleshy tongue do you ever bite your tongue accidentally probably 
considering the amount of times you move these great hard incisors up and down inside your mouth probably not many times you bite if you did bite bit your tongue it was accident you were in a hurry you weren't you know you're out of sync most of the time that chomping if you've ever bitten your tongue you realize how powerful those teeth and jaws are most of the time that tongue is sitting around and it never gets bitten and yet it's active it starts to push the food down your throat how do you decide when you've chewed enough you think about it? Probably not. I shouldn't think so. You chew and you chew and you chew and then at a certain point, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Tongue squashes it against the roof of your mouth and something seems to suck it down. Do you ever get it down into your lung? You know, when you get your windpipe, occasionally that happens, doesn't it? But considering the amount of times you eat and considering how close those two areas are, the channel into the lung and the channel into the stomach it's amazing most of the time we've got like 99% success rate getting it down there can't see it at all how does that happen swallowing glottis amazing isn't it something because we don't do it we don't even notice it's happening is there anything more important than eating? <laughs> well, breathing. <laughs> and of course, one of the issues about meditation on breathing, once you start to get the idea you're supposed to get mindful of breathing, then something can kick in that supplants or suppresses the natural system with something up trying to make it work. And then there's this kind of tension occurs. Or, again, very light, very common is that there isn't really, one's awareness hasn't been so normally driven up or focused around the head and fingers, hands area of the body that we're barely aware of the region from the throat down or the chest down so it's often you sit on top of it while you're reading or driving your head sits on top of this this thing underneath so it's until it gets numbed it gets stupefied and up here is pretty lively so we feel quite intelligent because we're thinking and looking at things yet down here has become very stupid so, you know, when we start, okay, try and get this going, then we don't really allow or understand how to bring the proper breathing processes back into alignment. You know? well, sitting is a way to adjust that. Sitting in true and unplugging what you don't need to do and also what you don't need to conceive of. very significant now our (coughs) reality is um, reality that we live within most of us most of the time 
You know, there are other dimensions, but the one we'd all agree upon is defined by sense consciousness, sight, sound, or seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, smelling, and thinking, conceiving, yeah. perceiving and conceiving. So mental senses, when I say mental, you could say emotional, psychological, all this area. Mm-hmm. And there are two particular faculties in the mental area. One is perceiving, which is the first. It's more like a slightly more emotional. It's a sort of a felt outline impression, such as uh, feels happy, feels friendly, feels interesting. Yeah. And then the conceiving starts to etch in the details. Oh, it's blue, it's red, it's... Alice, it's uh, banana, whatever it is, you know. You get perceptions, <coughs> conceptions, they start to work together. We've got a perception of a banana or Alice or something. And then again, what fills that frame up is various mood tones of warmth or friendship or hostility or whatever. We carry, so those then fill up that frame. We carry around these frames. The framework is embedded, gets embedded. We may have a very well a kind of framework outline Alice, who we've etched in with a sense of difficult person. Next time I see her, whoa, ready to unload all that into that frame of reference. And Alice, being who she is, will probably help me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is called karma. <laughs> and really you don't want any, any more of that than you can handle <laughs> you want, ideally if you can have any of it you like the good stuff you know, so it's like, well Alice, okay uh, Alice uh, probably suffers a lot difficult person, okay well yeah, I find it difficult let's have some compassion in here <laughs> you know, something like that if I'm going to frame it up that way because that at least enables me to, to bear it in mind to get hole around it, otherwise I'm going to isolate her into some fragment in my heart that's got this tension and unfortunate feeling, and so how can I embrace that quality include it, well I really can't, I have to include it by, by implementing compassion, empathy, patience equanimity, then oh yeah then I can include it mm-hmm. so this um, process has to occur on, tic- on the in the mind, if the mind can't do that, if the mind can't do that. It's really not doing its job. It's only doing half its job. Half its job is object definition, yeah, which is always a little bit. It's always subjective. Yeah, my one is this, your one is that. Subjective object definition, uh, and then but the other quality of it is responsive relationship determine what to do that's another mental activity mm-hmm. now if it's <coughs> doingness is just uh, is not widened and broadened and deepened into uh, wisdom uh, so there's a sense of okay what's the overall feeling of this and what's the right what's the correct response how does that feel what it brings around compassion or empathy or able to bear with without resisting and prickling and getting tight or defensive or aggressive hmm? so that then that can be included that perception that virtual Alice 
can be included and I feel I still feel centered I still feel grounded I don't feel kind of flung into some reactive state by that or tightened up defensive around that so this is just using the mind properly and clearly tuning it clearly and often to to encourage that we have to pause from the immediate reaction and we use the body as a pausing system that is to turn the mind into how the body is now it has to for a moment put aside or lessen its hold on the perceptions of other people or myself or its remembered indirect realities even though those indirect realities may be things we have to include in our lives and negotiate within our lives uh, we have to also recognise that in those indirect inherited realities there's also all inherited habits of our perceptions and actions and that is not a place for growth or development it's not a place for fruition it's a place where we just go round and round in the abstract adding to it and we want to come into embodiment as a fundamental touchstone for direct reality how does that perception sit when I remember her what happens in my body do I feel a sense of tightening up my skin my eyes, my face shutting down in my chest well that's not yeah, I don't, how can that be how can that distress if I relax those areas really don't deal with her deal with me first of all and try to get to back to my fundamental sanity and health and then check those places so when that perception is reintroduced I can remain in my natural grounded state and then actually that will help my mind pattern to shift because the mind pattern that goes into say defence, aggression, mistrust or whatever the bodily sanity the body groundedness does not support that so that has to dismantle and then we come to something what happens after that is something more spacious or compassionate or true now the true thing may indeed be you know saying something straight about to Alice about Alice you're great but your behaviour does this to me you know something like that doesn't mean we have to say everything's fine so you know this using this touchstone of, of the body as a place which could experience groundedness, sanity I call it sat- basic sanity which is one feels steady, centred okay I still experience a sense of space spaciousness, I'm not pressurised I'm not driven I feel a sense of ground I'm not dis- dislocated and I feel I'm self- not freezing I'm flowing, I'm still in a fluid potential. 
anything takes me out of that I can be very very cautious of and suspect around and essentially if those are happening I want to as soon, soon as I can they just pause, check, stop what's happening, get back to ground get back to basic drop the perception for the moment get, get back to the basic sanity and then let's see, when I introduce that perception can my mind my mental states, my mental behaviour adjust to a more suitable mode towards this difficult sense, this difficult being and this is actually something that human beings can do uh, and animals are much less capable of doing that so this really is a human gift amazing gift yeah. and uh, it is also our responsibility to develop that if we do have this position of such extraordinary power and power that can destroy everything literally every form of life we can destroy it <laughs> and each other when, you got, when you're carrying that amount of power you've got to definitely upgrade the ethics and compassion to handle it <laughs> absolutely that's the way it goes we can't step back we can't say we don't have that power we do and now we've got to upgrade what it takes to handle that so that that tremendous power could be used for you know something more healing and judicious and appropriate and balancing and so forth and this is definitely the direction to to achieve because also just even for one's own peace of mind what's it like when you carry around all kinds of broken up fragments of resentment and fear and hostility and self-criticism and grudge and guilt <laughs> and <coughs> depression and having feeling of failure and da, 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 da. what's it like certain point those abstractions have carry such potential that people get driven to very difficult states um, substance abuse and even suicide that's the human potential we're also the only creatures who do that <laughs> that's what it is to be a human being human beings are the ones who can kill themselves <laughs> and do in thousands <coughs> why? because of this ability and to form abstractions which become carry such potency that they take us away from this ground of basic sanity overwhelm us till we're dislocated and lost in a space of despair depression, anxiety, fear, hostility, guilt, whatever you know. when you're out there, surely I agree if you're out there, it feels like there's no point in being here because you're not here <laughs> not on this <laughs> so, you know that's the potential so this of all the sense bases then the mind base is clearly the most uh, significant but it's also significantly evil as well as significantly good and we need the other bases not just as means of sending messages out to the world through our voices and bodies but also receiving the messages back like yes but you're here 
<laughs> yes, but you're here. <laughs> because all the senses, the other senses, definitely tell you you're this, you're located, you're this, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They all connect to the body. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, when you just ordinary experience, what is it? It's a, it's a synthesis. Uh, probably for most people it's largely based upon a, an automatic synthesis between the sight and the mind. We see something and we get the message and we, yeah, that. So it's based, often mostly a synthesis predominantly between the eyes and the mind. Probably some, sometimes hearing as well. Um, rest of it, tasting very limited. You don't lick doorposts or <laughs> cars or each other very much probably <laughs> occasionally <laughs> so very little of that taste fragrance a little bit smelling the fruit smells rotten yeah it smells good flowers uh, bad odor clean so forth but primarily probably sight some hearing and um, mind a little bit of touch too just a sense of your feet on the ground or your bottom on the chair or your hand touching what it's doing so that's it's synthesized so out of that what is derived and is derived is a sense of a world out there something that's seen and conceived of something that's seen a bit of heard a little bit of touch or imagine what it, could, what it touched, it looks like rough, looks like smooth, and tent mind, oh, that's out there. Right? That's out there, you're here, and that's out there. Right? And obviously, it's not clear because it's so automatic that there's no way it's out there ultimately what happens to the visual world when you close your eyes it's not there is it (laughs) so something that happened here caused the entire removal of the visible cosmos (laughs) now you can say yeah but it's really out there as soon as we open eyes it pops back again Sure, because your eyes are open. The rest of the time, it's held as a mental impression. I'm in Notting Hill Gate, I'm in Chiswick, I'm in Camden Town. I don't see no Camden Towns, I just see sky and buildings. And, you know. So, token reality is held, so we can communicate to each other. This is the natural, you might say, the tele-reality, it's a projected reality and uh, we can walk around it close your eyes it disappears remains in the mind Mm -hmm. so out there is relative it relates to having what's what does it look like to a blind person what's the colour of your hair to a blind person it's really always out there 
What does an apple taste like to someone with no taste buds? Clearly not there. Yeah. So it's very much constructed, a constructed reality. We could say there is something there, but our senses interpret that, and that's what we work upon. We work upon a representation of reality. And the representation is formed through synthesis of the mind and the um, other senses. So if I, you know, just cast my eyes lightly around, what do I see? I see colour. I'm not colour blind. So I see colour within that experience. I see edges where the colour changes rapidly from, say, blue to white or black. So I, without thinking about it, oh, that's She's there, she's sitting on the floor. There's no line between your body. I can't see any line occurring between the colour of your body and the colour of the body behind you. There's no line there. It's just unbroken colour. The the change, the rapid change of that colour from one colour to the next gives me the impression of there being a shape. Now, all of your shapes, all these shapes I can see here, they look pretty flat to me. <laughs> flat, well, there's certain shadings of the colour, I assume, oh, that's the shape, that's the rotundity or the form. And knowing, having been around long enough in this world, I'd probably recognise these people have backs. <laughs> Can't see them. <laughs> But if some, if I was in here and thought, oh, I don't know if these people have got backs or not. <laughs> you think, must be an idiot. Of course they've got backs. If you look at directly, what do you actually see? Just directly now, visual impressions. Rest of it, built in pretty accurately, probably 99.9% of the time by the mind, instinctively with no effort at all. Mm-hmm. Take a hallucinogenics, things change quite radically. Hmm? Same person, same sense organs, jiggle a little bit of chemicals, suddenly sounds, you can see them walking across the room. People's body shapes morph and change. Mood tones arise, different mood tones arise you didn't even recognise were there. Yeah. Look around, you see someone you know, and you feel a slight mood tone of lift or warmth, or you know, all that happens, and that's called not Alice. No, this is Janice. Who I like. (laughs) 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 So all that, yeah, and there it is, generating. Is that out there or in here? When I say it's in here, what's the in? It's inside. How do I get inside it? <laughs> There's no in here, is there? Is there, in, is there an in to it? Where's the door to get into the in here? So there's no in here, really, and no out there. 
what do we have instead? An undivided flexing (coughs) reality, undivided flexing reality of affecting, being affected, impressions, suggestions, imaginations, mental apprehensions, mental flavours, mental tones, synthesising with audibility, visibility, tactility, (coughs) not in here, not out there, just here. That's, yeah? Now, so that here-ness, of course, if we close our eyes, that here-ness is still here, it changes its, it changes its experience. There's no, no colours in that. Unless maybe you've taken some LSD, there might be a few colours in here too. <laughs> and yet, the way we operate is very much as if this is me, in here, me, you, out there, I can walk away from you, you do this to me, me, I, and that is that's the fundamental unit how we're going to negotiate this experience and so that's actually a secondary reality and before you go to that you want to check in with the primary reality and begin to recognize there are certain you know big big things that have to be softened one is me and one is you that is the experience of you-ness which can be marked with apprehension <laughs> nervousness, am I doing it right I'm a nuisance, does she welcome me is he on my case, what's he criticised what's he thinking about me that has to be just just, just, just where's that where does that go hmm? let's soften that the sense of me oh I'm not this, I am this or I should be this, they think this of me I bet I'm not what she Soften, yeah. Till you come back to this, and notice the tones of apprehension for what they are, or nervousness for what they are, or passion or aggression or affection for what they are. Uh huh. Breathing in, breathing out. What is helpful here? What feels sane here? What feels enjoyable, worthwhile, comfortable in this and let nature start weeding out surely there are times when it is indeed appropriate to feel nervous and apprehensive check it out, check it out, that's not wrong so these are all species in our human domain, our mental domain when is it, when is it, just keep that one back there, let's see, let's move forward with that in mind bit of uncertainty because things are uncertain not, not bad thing but moderated, so it's not just a numbing fearfulness or anxiety, but caution and care and conscientiousness mindfulness you might say aware of the potentials there are in the human Domain in this very powerful, very potent domain, the potentials there are for flashes of misunderstanding, flashes of fear, flashes of 
kinds of stuff. Yeah? We're in this, you cannot be naive about this human domain. We are destructive, we have potential for vast abuse. <laughs> so uh-huh. we move forward carefully, looking towards compassion and looking towards lovingness because those are our healthiest, most happy, fortunate states. If I can produce that, if there's a chance for that, I want to encourage that. Yeah. I definitely want to encourage that because this is what I feel most for. <coughs> so, you know, it's quite natural, isn't it? So this synthesizing, what's useful to synthesize in using the body as a means to pause and recognizing we have certain uh, uh, gifts and needs that the body, uh, gifts the body provides, which is a very heightened intelligence and sensitivity, and the need that the body fulfills, which is of our, of a certain centeredness from which we can extend. We are tele beings, so we do extend. Uh, through the domain, through the sense fields, we do extend ourselves in time, we do extend into these other domains. That's called karma. Uh, So can one's extensions be guided? Can they be not something that's so compulsive that it's constantly driven? You can actually cease extending. Because it's fine here. The here-ness of here is okay in itself. It's not something that has to be extended, but then it can be extended to include and embrace and connect and so on. This is the possibility we can begin to come into and it's like a, a natural process rather than a driven process. This is why it's important to get back to nature. The natural mind comes into the natural body and it can begin to extend in a way that's harmonious. I'm sure this is what we all uh, look for and probably get it right a good number of times. Otherwise, I reckon we'd find life so difficult we wouldn't be meditating. (laughs) So let's spend some time once again uh, expanding our awareness of the home base, the embodied basis, because in this uh, is the signalling mechanisms of um, warmth, friendship, spaciousness, relaxation and the antithesis of those. 